Welcome to the Black and Green Podcast. It's your go-to place to find the latest high-quality, all-natural products created by Black artisans. Hosted by yours truly, Dr. Kristen H., the founder of Black and Green, we'll discuss all things health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love. This podcast features a refreshing lineup of guests, from entrepreneurs and artisans to holistic lifestylists and clean beauty experts, and a plethora of other innovators within the wellness industry. Join me as we learn from the best of the best. Hey guys, welcome back to the Black and Green Podcast. I'm so happy that you tuned in again to listen to me talk to an amazing artisan. Of course, I think all of my artisans are amazing because they are. And so today we're going to talk with Kristen from Gently Soap. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> so nice to be here. So nice to be on the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm also so happy that you have my or my glorious name, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Spell, spell it differently, but exactly. all the same. So tell me a little bit about your brand. Tell me about Gently Soap. Why did you start it? Kind of what was that moving passion that led you to start Gently Soap? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I always say that I can't talk about Gently Soap without talking about my background and my familial um, history in agriculture. So I was blessed to be born in a family that has direct roots to black farming, um, so sharecropping and sustainable farming as well. On my dad's side, um, my grandparents owned an 84 acre farm in Alabama oh and they lived on a, <laughs> yes. And they lived on this like long highway that had, it was basically a farm community. Like we had farms, that were down like a couple miles and up. And I remember just driving around to my grandparents' friends and just seeing all these like black farmers and they were, they had chickens and they had um, cows and they were growing things. And um, my grandparents specifically did corn and wheat, but it was so amazing to see um, black people just really connecting with the land and connecting with nature. Um, so as a child who was born with eczema, um, that was kind of what I knew. I knew that, um, returning, I know that like, well, in general, the, consumer movement of returning back to natural was becoming really popular, but that's how I grew up. I saw that firsthand as like taking something from the ground and making it into something that you could use in your household. And something that I always remember that my grandma did is that she always used every single thing um, from literally from down the road. Like she knew exactly where it came from. She knew exactly where it was forced from. Um, And that was something that was very much instilled within me. So as I was struggling with my sensitive skin, as I was struggling with my eczema and growing up and being going to dermatologists and going to doctors and being prescribed these like chemically made and field harsh mm-hmm. products um, for my skin and people telling me like, this is what you actually have to use. And this is actually what works. There was always kind of like something unsettling um, to me about that. Um, and it was kind of like, I was felt like I was like in between two different worlds. And I also started to see that they didn't have to necessarily be two different worlds. I think there's 
products that are science backed and then there are natural products, but there are um, limited products that actually combine both. So it was really important to me that I had a product for my skin type that was had a science backing mm-hmm. to it, but also I knew was natural. And because I couldn't find that, um, I created it myself. So um, as soon as I graduated from high school, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I also knew that I really loved plants. So I went to the University of Georgia and I majored in agricultural communication and horticulture. And I... Like as soon as I stepped like foot there, I pioneered my own research project to really look at botanicals and how they can interact with our human bodies and interact with our skin. And from that, I was able to create my own proprietary herbal infusion method to create products that were had the science backing, um, even though it is plant science, but also be natural and not use toxins, be clean. Um, so our bar soaps came out of that and gently soap came out of that. Um, and we test launched in 2020, officially launched in 2021, but our bar soaps are herbal infused and they are synthetic fragrance free. Yes. So essential oils, a lot of people don't necessarily do their research on them, but they can be very, um, I call them economically expensive in agricultural labor and in, um, agricultural resources. So, um, the rise of essential oils has actually depleted a lot of resources and they're not necessarily ethically made a lot of the times or ethically, um, I guess like fair trade and how people get paid to actually harvest them and how they are getting paid, like, um, paid fair wages to actually make them. So the nuance of essential oils kind of always was a turnoff for me. And then as I started to see them grow in like the nut in the natural segment of products and especially Mm -hmm. beauty products, I also started to notice how my skin reacted with them. And then a lot of times essential oils can be too harsh for the use on the most sensitive skin types. So it was really important to me that I created a clean and natural product that didn't have essential oils in them at all, Mm -hmm. but still had a joyful aerobatic experience. The light botanical scent in our bar soaps comes directly from the herbal infusions. And those herbal infusions are just literally the from the plant um i don't like it's uh, in this most natural form um that it could possibly be i love that so in some ways you have been an entrepreneur since you were young because you knew you create something yes 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 i'm i definitely think i got that spirit from my grandma i mean i remember especially people in her community like i remember her friend miss janine specifically would be selling eggs all the time and i would be like six years old just watching her do that so i was exposed to entrepreneurship very young especially because they were so far from any type of grocery store so it was definitely like watching them barter, watching them sell to each other and really make a living mm. that way. I always say I become a, I became an entrepreneur mm. by accident. I always say that I didn't decide to be there. It kind of mm. chose me. I always thought that I would do this research and then license it or um, go and work for someone like Burt's Bees or someone like Procter & Gamble. Um, but as I continued to really like research things myself, get to know things and build that knowledge about this industry and how it works and all these products. I really felt like I was in a unique position to do it myself. 
Um, and as stressful as that was to me, because it is always stressful to like support yourself <laughs> on your own. Um, uh, I am very like driven by making sure people have options within sensitive uh-huh. skincare, especially within something that's so ingrained into our daily lives, which is uh-huh. bathing. Um, so that <laughs> I'm here purely because of passion, not because I love entrepreneurship or um, I feel like there are people out there that are like, no matter what, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I don't care. I'm going to find the product that gets me there, but I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And that was not me. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to deal with plants and this just happened to take on a life of its own. And I love it with all of my heart. So I understand that. I feel the same way. I didn't think I was going to be an entrepreneur. I saw a problem. I was like, black people don't Mm -hmm. have access to natural non-toxic products. Black folks don't understand the beauty in the use of natural holistic products that they don't understand the power of plants. And so I want to help us connect with the beauty of what the products that the earth can give us. And so I was just pushed into black and green because when I read the study, people said, well, why don't you go create a product? I said, no, that's not where my, that's not where my experience is. I know nothing about that. I said, there's tons of hundreds of black women who are already doing this, but we don't know about them. I said, I will push them forward. Right. That's where I want to help push them forward and push what they're doing forward and use my background in public health to talk about this mission. So I was kind of thrown into it myself. So I understand that. Yes. No, I love that so much. And that's why I love black and green. I actually a a lot of the research I do now um, is in the social sciences Mm -hmm. side. And it's about um, bringing black people, black and brown people back to um, the kind of like environmental sciences and plant sciences, because of course, like the historical side of that is we were pushed away because we were marginalized by these industries, but having us return back to them because they originated with minority communities. So um, I love that. And I love connecting um, people like us back to earth. That's one of my biggest things in life. Yes, yes, yes. That just moves me um, so much because oftentimes we just open our eyes and look around us. Everything we need is there, <laughs> but we live in a society that often tries to makes us think that you have to manipulate something or add these chemicals to something to make it be useful. When really, if you can just go to lean into plants, they usually have you covered. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> and I always say that, like, especially if you look at the history of Black people and you look at go back and look at slavery mm-hmm. and um, even like in African cultures, we were doing that. Like we were living off the land. We had that expertise and it was, um, and it was taken away from us. So, so I 100% support that. And I 100% believe in that. And I want so many people to return to something that I feel like really connects us with our past and with our um, ancestry. So why do you think it was taken away from us? <laughs> I think that people in positions of power, white people in general, um, they, especially in history, um, they, I have to really strategically put my words here. Take your time, take your time. 
Okay. <laughs> um, I think in his, historically, white people had a position of power where they wanted to control that power and keep mm-hmm. that power. Um, I mean, there's like studies and research that are done, even just like making connections to children in the sandbox where it's like, if you have the toy, you don't want to give up the toy. So I think from the very beginning, they were um, in a position where they had that power and they were trying to do anything to keep that. So when they saw other civilizations, um, other groups of people thriving, um, creating their own communities, creating um, communities that they could have learned from, um, but I would say it was too easy to learn, so they took it. Um, then they felt the need to protect that power, and protecting it to them was uh, <laughs> was brutal um, towards our communities. They took a lot, they exploited a lot, um, and it was a really awful time, and I don't really want to even talk about it in past tense because a lot of it still like plays a role in our societies today. Um, but it's just very interesting. And that's why I love reading about and talking about how basically the things that we're talking about, um, like returning to our heritage, our ancestry, how it's so connected into the things that were taken away from us. And that, and I think there's a lot of farms that are um, doing that kind of work now, especially Soul Fire Farm mm-hmm. in New York. Um, they are creating pathways to get black and brown people to come back to the industry that has harmed them. And it can be traumatic sometimes. And I always like say that um, there's always that shock factor of when you try to present um, Black people with other opportunities. Yes, so that includes, so the green industry includes anything from environmental sciences to agricultural sciences. Um, And that can be like actually doing field work um, to all the way to like actually making textiles from plants or to creating... um, plant-based products to selling produce. And it's actually very wide. Agriculture touches a lot of different things. We have agribusinesses everywhere. Um, But even just having um, minorities return back to that is um, something that I'm really like pushing for and working on because it is one of the biggest industries in the United States. But we are so hard to find in it because a lot of the white people don't understand in the workplace and in the workforce don't understand or learn about or properly learn mm-hmm. about um, how that industry has mm. harmed us. So oh, yes. Now we will pause for a moment of meditation with Dr. Crystal Jones. So wherever you are right now, just take a moment to be being your awareness, being your truth, be in your wholeness. Allow yourself to show up as light, dark, and every shade of gray in between. Feeling your presence, experiencing your truth.
finding your breath. And instead of directing her, listen to her. Ask her where she wants to spend more time and spend more time there. Ask her where she's stuck and go into the experience of why. Be in this breath, be in this movement, and continue to cultivate this experience through the rest of your day. Honoring that your truth and whatever you show up as is always enough. You are perfection and excellence personified. Anything that tells you that you're anything else no longer serves you. As we return back for our meditation, the biggest question in my head is kind of, what do you think is next for you? Hearing kind of your background, what led you to create Gently Scope, it seems like that is your first step. Kind of what do you see as being your next step for your brand? The next step for my brand is I want Gently Soap to be in um, households across the nation. I truly believe that I want to be a household brand. I want to be a natural soap brand that people know about, that people think about. And I want it to provide comfort to so many people with skin types like mine. Um, I want... (laughs) Uh, people with eczema to have options when choosing their products and not just be presented with the one white chemical harsh bar soap for the rest of their life. I want them to have the same options, the same um, product offerings that people with quote unquote normal skin have. Um, And I truly believe that no matter what skin type you're dealing with, you should still be able to experience the joy of bathing. And I want to take that joy as far as I possibly yes, can. The, what you said, the quote unquote normal skin was like leading me into my next question. Like, is an all natural soap only for those right. issues in their skin? Or is it just better for anyone in general, no matter what your skin type is? Are you have to be branded as for sensitive skin? And people think, well, I don't have sense skin. I don't need that. Like, can you kind of help me understand kind of that dynamic? Right. So it's definitely just better in general for anyone. Um, But I, you know, with customer targeting and segmentation (laughs) and just like my story and where I'm coming from, we, um, those, those are the niche people that I'm talking to because those people are me. Um, But like I said, People, I like most of our customers are moms who are buying these soaps for their entire family because not only can they use it on their newborn child, um, their husband can also use it and they can use it. So it's really a household product. When I asked you what was next for Gently Soap, you leaned into soap. Are you thinking that you will never leave that space and you want to lock in really heavy on in the soap space? Or you think that one day you might go into the body soaps, which is still kind of a soap, but, you know, different than a bar soap. You want to go into more body care in general? Or are you thinking really tightly uh, body soaps? So, yeah, so we want to go into body care. So that is where we're headed next or just um, anything that has caused me problems in the past. So like something that I've always had 
um, a problem with and struggled with with my sensitive skin is laundry detergent. Mm -hmm. Um, Laying down on my sheets, if I accidentally wash my sheets and my sister's um, sports like OxyClean, I will wake up in like hives and reactions. So um, I want to, anything that really comes in contact with your skin in your home, that's something I can definitely see us venturing to. Um, speaking of laundry detergent, we have an excellent laundry detergent on uh, Black and Green that is natural <laughs> and non-toxic and great for sensitive skin. Um, it's what I washed my newborn child's things with because it was that wonderful and that beautiful. Um, and so I understand that anything that touches your body, um, you want to make sure you're, you're protecting it. Yes, exactly. So I'm excited to see what else you begin to create with this knowledge that you have uh, about the botanicals and how you're scenting things and not using essential oils and not using fragrances, but like really leaning into the power of plants. I think that's a really beautiful thing to lean into the power of plants. Yes. The power of plants. I love that. Um, I think that's, that's a great saying and it's so broad because the power of plants can be applied to any industry, um, any field. Um, I think that the earth offers so many different opportunities and there's so many like plants. Like I have so many herbal encyclopedias where it's like every single day I'm like learning something new. Um, and I true like earlier you said that it's literally offered to us. You go outside and everything that you could possibly need is offered to us. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, it's out there. We just have to like really tap into that knowledge um, and like harvest it. Absolutely. I'm guessing you have an amazing indoor houseplant collection. Am I right? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I do. I do. I do. I do. I love it so much. And as soon as um, I get back into, I, um, well, owning a house because I'm renting. So I really want to have the, like a sunroom that is like an indoor botanical garden. (laughs) I, I just want to live around plants for, literally eternity. Oh my gosh. I love that. So tell me your favorite quote. (laughs) My favorite quote or plant. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) My favorite plant is calendula. Um, I actually have it tattooed on my body. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is my favorite plant. I, it was the first um, herb that I ever grew in my greenhouse on my first um, herbal research Mm -hmm. project. It was the first herb that really spoke to me and offered a lot of healing. Um, And I love calendula because there are plants um, that you can't use everywhere on your body. Um, Like you can't, some of them you can only like use in certain like tinctures and maybe not ingest it. But calendula is so unique in the sense that you can um, use this plant in so many different ways. You can have a calendula tea, a calendula salve. We have calendula soap. So, Treasures of the Sun and Gardner Knopf's, um, which we'll be also calling Dr. Knopf's in the future um, after Dr. David Knopf, who was my research professor that funded my first project. Um, we have calendula in there and it's just an anti-inflammatory herb that really helps to target um, 
like any inflammation, any type of irritation that you may have in your body. So if you ingest it, it can really help your bowel mm-hmm. movements. Um, but if you just like use it topically, it helps that like in your skin, which is like the best thing ever, especially someone like me who goes through seasonal flare-ups. Um, so yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts on sea moss are. Um, in the beginning of COVID, there was a big... <laughs> uproar of everyone was searching for sea malls. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm always um, interested in whenever a plant gets its time in the spotlight. Like I think we're kind of going through a hibiscus thing mm-hmm. right now too. Um, I'm seeing hibiscus pop up everywhere when it's funny because I've been growing it for years. <laughs> but um, but uh, sea moss in general, I always always, always, always urge people to do their research, um, like individually and no matter what you decide, like if that's something that you're ingesting, know, like do your research intensely of where it is being sourced from. Um, I have some worries that all CMOS isn't sourced in the correct way and I know that there are people that are now like buying it off of Amazon and buying it off of Etsy which is like the craziest thing to me to buy any type of thing you're putting in your body off of like Etsy or something um so I I always urge people even if you're trying the newest fad and you're really into it like make sure that you are sourcing it and buying it from someone that is legit and it is very but it's not that hard to figure out um, what is going on behind the yeah. scenes because uh, someone who is doing something right will tell you. Someone who is doing something wrong, it will be really difficult to figure out um, where it is coming from because it won't be plain, plainly listed on their website. Yeah. Um, so I always say that if someone makes something apparent to you, like they're telling you this is where this is from, we partner with these people, then those are the people you need to be yep. buying from. Yep. If if you go to the website and you're like, I can't even find where they are sourcing these ingredients from, or it doesn't plainly say what fragrance actually mm-hmm. is, um, then maybe those are the people you don't need to be buying I from. Think they're trying to hide behind. Right. Um, oh gosh, that was a big issue I was having when I started buying green. Is greenwashing. And so there were tons of folks who were trying to make their products seem natural, but when you dug down to the ingredients, they actually really weren't natural. But there was we're on a green wave. Everyone wants the natural, the non-toxic. It was it was top of mind. And so um, it was interesting how things can uh, be marketed and portrayed to not to be all natural, but when you dig down into it, it actually is natural. Right. I think it is. Right. Yeah. No, I, there, especially with anything that gets super popular, um, like it's really easy to say your products are all natural, Mm -hmm. but how many of those natural products are actually also sourced like in the, in the best practice possibly, um, are actually like how many of these suppliers or these people, you know, just (laughs) making products on TikTok or whatever, like how many of those people are actually telling you what is going into it and where they're buying it from. Um, you so. talk about 
best sourcing ever. Kind of describe that. What should we be looking for? What does good sourcing look like? What do you need to know? Is it just that it was um, it was picked from here and picked from there, or is it more than exactly where the product originated from? Yes, it's more than where it originated from. Even if they tell you that it is from a certain country, um, even if you have to email them and ask, I have done that with so many things that I do, especially even buying plants. Like what what nursery are you buying this from? Um, like email them and ask, like, what are they doing to make sure that even if their shea butter is from, I don't know, some an African country that they're listing, what are they doing to make sure that that shea butter is actually, you know, sourced ethically, fairly? Are these people who are getting it, like being paid fair wages, like what are they doing to actually make sure? And a lot of that can just come from certifications. Like if you have a certified fair trade or certified organic or certified something, like that could go a long way because these are things that these government entities are actually looking in for us. Um, And I will say that is one thing that I really do believe that the USDA is doing correctly. Um, (laughs) So I urge people to really look into that and really look at um, certifications, look at the back of their products, like flip things over and actually read them. Um, And I think we are kind of like an instant gratification, fast buying. So it's like, but I do think there are people that are stepping into to this like conscious consumerism and I'm so excited about it. Um, And it comes with also knowing, you know, what to look for. And it's like what I knew to look for a year ago is not what I know to look for now. And it's like now I'm always checking um, for the addresses on the back of any type of package that's manufactured. I'm always trying to see if that address is um, and you can like Google these addresses, too, if you really want to get into it. But if these addresses are warehouses or if they're actually just like addresses that you could actually send a letter to and um, talk to the person who's making this, you know, and also if it's supporting um, people like from the back end, like I think something, something that gently is we're currently working on is getting our B cert B Corp certification. We're B Corp pending. Um, But a lot of that, even like, they're looking into everything, like every single supplier that we've ever used and really like going so far to make sure that we are who we say we are. And even though personally I know we are, I think that's so great that like there are these systems now set up in place to really double check that and fact check that for so many businesses. verify it for you. And because at the end of the day, a lot of folks just don't have time. Like if you're managing your family and you have kids and you have jobs and you have all these right. things on your plate that we often just don't have time. And so I know when right. I created Black and Green, I said, I want to do all that work for you. I'll read the labels. I'll look up the ingredients. I'll know who the founder is. I will talk to her. I will understand why she creates her products. I will do all that heavy lifting for you. So you can just come on and easily buy the things that you need. And that's why I love black and green. That's why I I applied twice. I don't know if you actually know this, but I applied twice to try and be on the website because I'm so obsessed with what you guys do and to make everything so accessible to any buyer where it's like all these products that you've 
like basically put your backing on and your name on and are all in one specific place for someone to buy anything that they need for their household. I think that's so amazing. And I'm just so like honored to honestly be a part well, of that. I am moved that you applied twice and it makes me feel good that the my little idea when I was sitting at my cousin's house is working and I'm supporting the black women makers. I'm supporting black women to purchase products that are not for their whole families. Like it, it gives me a lot of joy to know that I'm doing that. And I'm also proud of you. I'm proud of you for going to get the knowledge that a lot of us aren't getting and using it to create something to make all of us lives a little bit better. Aw, thank you. That means so much. Well, thank you for being a part of Black yes. and Green. Christian, no, you have no idea how much I look up to you. Like, I, I think ever since I was like a freshman in college and I like heard about it, um, heard about Black and Green and what you guys were doing, I like immediately, it was an immediate follow. And I was like, this is amazing. You were on my vision board. So it's actually like you sitting here hearing you say that to me, like I could actually cry. So. Oh, you are more than welcome. Your, your, your work is truly, truly appreciated. I know sometimes we're doing those things where we're working in our passion. We often feel like no one sees it, but I see what you're doing and I'm happy that you're doing it. And your products are already so selling on black and green and you didn't know they were live yet. <laughs> I didn't. I did it at all. So the fact that they're already like selling really well is really great. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into the Black and Green Podcast. Did you have more questions for our special guest? Please leave your questions in the comment section. Also, check us out at blkgrn.com. Please subscribe and comment. We love hearing from you. Until next time, buy black and live green.